You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mobile Presence, your destination for everything mobile. And in a market where marketers have to do more with less, which is the case right now, it's natural that they flock to the tried and true channels, such as Facebook. But of course, these channels have changed a lot. And what is working is a moving target. So how do you get the most mileage out of your Facebook accounts and your Facebook campaigns? Well, that is the key question. And it's the one we're going to answer because today we're talking with my guest, Tim Hyde, CEO and founder of TWH Media. If it doesn't ring a bell, that's not a problem. What will stay with you is a lasting impression because this is a social media marketing company that has worked with Amazon, DreamWorks, and Adidas. More importantly, the most spend on Facebook because this is the biggest independent spender on Facebook ads in Europe. So Tim, first of all, welcome to the show. And I have to ask you, what's it like to be such a big spender? <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much for having me. I suppose um, with regards to, you know, how much we spend on Facebook, it, that, that comes with a lot of pressure. You know, a lot of businesses, big and small, really rely on us to obviously maximize uh, those budgets and obviously generate trackable results, whether that's, you know, revenue from e-commerce businesses or, or downloads and in-app kind of um, purchases um, like we help generate for, for a couple of gaming companies. So it's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, I think every ad account has um, different kinks to it and, and different ways and and sort of strategies that, that really work. But, you know, it's, it's a nice and kind of fun, constant challenge of always trying to kind of get the, the most out of people's budgets, however big they are. Probably a couple perks to that as well. I mean, in the old days, you would have said you probably have Facebook on speed dial. Uh, <laughs> I won't date myself there, but what do you have to do? What, is, what does one have to spend on Facebook ads to say this, to be the biggest spender? Yeah, I think I, I don't think it's a you know an official title, but you know in the in the last couple of years I've spent well over sort of 150 million consulted on a lot more of spend as well, even if it's not me actually executing on on the the, the advertising myself. Um, and so yeah, I think last year I spent something in the region of sort of 23 
million pounds on 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 advertising which which generated some really really good results for clients you know we had certainly in the e-commerce space a, a real boom and, and a real improvement in conversion rate and you know those brands that were aggressive with their spend really really were able to to capture the market and and that definitely paid dividends from a revenue perspective what about the verticals you started there you talk about commerce you do have a strong background also in gaming i mean is it the same verticals the same split you're seeing or has that changed a lot of newcomers a lot of different types of verticals oh very good question i think one of the things that i've always enjoyed is is um you know basically splitting my talents across different verticals because they they come with different challenges different budget constraints different sort of creative opportunities so you know in some people would find fintech for example really boring whereas you know kind of um breaking down the barriers and, and sort of educating on people on banking so i did a lot of work with with revolut in, in sort of 2019 and helped mm -hmm. basically build out their their paid strategy which was you know a huge project certainly getting to work with you know a fintech unicorn is 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 a real honor and that had you know certain challenges with you know the the kind of aggressive growth that that they wanted and also making sure that we kind of worked with sponsorship partners that were also funding some of that spend on the flip side you know gaming you know that for me has always been about really iterating with creative coming up with you know really great hooks showing gameplay potentially even you know sort of highlighting um, whether it's you know involved with with winnings and, and kind of gambling and obviously being able to succinctly sort of um, intertwine you know what what the the rewards are for those games so um, it, it really depends but I, you know my specialty is the the kind of nerdy ins and outs of, of Facebook advertising how to really kind of get the the best out of those budgets and and structure campaigns in certain ways that that can maximize your, your spend but the day to day kind of different challenges between verticals is what kind of keeps me excited. It, you know, it's not just every day doing the same thing. Every different brand, every different budget has has different challenges, and that certainly keeps me on my toes. So let's do that. Let's be a little nerdy. Let's talk about the things that are a little bit outside of the box, a little bit different. Tell me about a marketing campaign, an initiative, um, a, you know, marketing initiative, something that you've done that had maybe results that even surprised you. Oh, um, it depends how far. I, I probably should do a from one from recent memory because mm -hmm. that's more applicable to to this day and age. But uh, a long time ago, we we launched a a Kickstarter campaign, um, which was like a it was a projector for the Nintendo Switch, and I think we spent sixteen thousand dollars and generated just over half a million in revenue. Um, and there wasn't really any other marketing now. Obviously, mm -hmm. with with Kickstarter and, and Indiegogo, the the tracking isn't that precise but you know this was the predominant um kind of source of of traffic and 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 kind of the the most of the marketing classical role went on 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 basically facebook and we were able to drive you know serious serious levels of sales on on that kind of product and that from a, a roas perspective was was certainly up where with some of the best things i've ever done and um, one of the things that we've done more recently you know i think um, obviously, um, depending if you know you're working with sort of premium or, or luxury brands, there isn't always the opportunity to, to discount. And um, actually, I think last year um, we, we did a really good job with a couple of you know Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or to be honest, Cyber Month campaigns, which allowed a lot of the ads to optimize over a longer period of time rather than you know kind of having an all or nothing sort of strategy over 
just three or four days. Um, a campaign that I'm, I'm sort of really proud of. So one of our, our biggest spending clients is called ASOS. So not ASOS, but ASOS. They're like a high-end um, cycling wear company. And they've just uh, partnered with Alfa Romeo's F1 team. And actually, they, they did a pre-order really expensive jersey. But they um, were able to obviously leverage that Alfa Romeo brand, like basically leverage amazing creative of this sort of, you know, cycling jersey and the car. And it just felt really, really cool. And, and that was some creative that we sort of got sent. And I was really excited to launch and, you know, in-platform ROAS of sort of five or six X on, on a, you know, pretty decent amount of spend were, were really good results over the last sort of three weeks. And so it really does show that if you have, you know, a great product, great, you know, brand equity and, and good creative that that kind of holy trinity still does play in, in the kind of Facebook arena and still can, you know, really generate some phenomenal results. I like that you put it together like that because that ad creative, that is so critical. But the formats, you know, the, the kinds of ads that perform best is also really important to understand and to make that combination, to make that connection. What kind of ads are you seeing perform Ooh, best I mean, on Facebook? It, it really depends, you know, I think obviously from a hook perspective and certainly where, you know, Instagram's going with kind of the adoption of um, a TikTok-esque feed, you know, video certainly in the upper funnel allows you to communicate more proposition, you know, more things about your product and brand. It allows you to highlight the, the USPs of the product better, also gives you more kind of flexibility on, on how you can then iterate on that creative. So certainly in the upper funnel, I think it's a, a pretty accurate generic statement of video content tends to work really well. And then I think in the lower funnel as well, actually you tend to see images and, you know, really good, you know, image-based creative, carousel-based creative um, in that lower funnel, just because images do have that slightly higher click-through rate. Now, you know, that's not a, a sort of one-size-fits-all approach, but that is as a, you know, a pretty broad statement. Video in the upper funnel, um, you know, images in the lower funnel tend to sort of work a, a little bit better, but it really depends on the ad account, quality of creative, and and all of the rest of those things. Well, it's good to have a rule of thumb, you know, video in the upper funnel. Now, there's a downside to that because when you look at the uh, the cost for for video in the upper funnel, um, you know, it's uh, it's not a cheap ad format. Let's just put it that way. And you have to continually refresh. Video is not what it's made out to be, but it is really impactful. You don't just specialize in understanding audiences, targeting spend and getting the best results. You're also very focused on getting the most mileage out of each and every user. What are some ways that marketers can do that? They can squeeze the most juice out of every user in their campaign. I think that's a, a really great question because actually, you know, it, it's very easy for marketers to just say, oh, we need more creative, but you know, whether that's uh, a shoot that's on location that, that's, you know, hard to kind of get to, there are budget constraints for a lot of brands as well. Uh, and actually, you know, my job tends to be, yeah, squeezing the most juice out of creative. So I think one of the things is, um, you know, being really specific with your briefing and really getting to sort of understand um, what things are moving the needle, what's, you know, what's the click-through rate looking like, what's that thumb stop rate looking like, and, and how can you actually analyze creative on some of those more indicative metrics and then start to understand, right, how can we either rejig a, a video or how could we add motion or an overlay to actually really gain the user's attention. So, you know, as a, again, a, a generic statement, the first three seconds in a, in a video 
creative are by far the most important. If you, you know, you need to get straight to the point, you need a clear creative hook right at the beginning, whether it's motion, color, you need to grab that user's attention and, and actually iterating with those first three seconds, even if the rest of the video is predominantly the same, you know, at the end of the day, if you're, if it's a game, if it's an app, if it's a, you know, uh, a bank, the, the proposition and the USPs are gonna be a lot of the time the same. So really trying to play with those first three seconds away, you're gonna see um, the most impacts. And then, you know, if you're trying to kind of get um, you, that creative to get go even further, optimizing end cards, having slightly different, you know, call to actions on end cards, that these are sort of all these aggregated 1% marginal gains that can really help you just squeeze the life out of, out of a creative and, and stopping them fatiguing. We started by talking about the importance of the creative, but it's also got to be matched to that audience and probably the context as well. And we've got a very important context coming up because we are in the summer months and it's when you should be thinking about the season, you know, the holiday season, whether it's Christmas, whatever, whether it's singles day for APAC in November, it's a big deal and you start early. What about on Facebook? When do you start? How do you start? What are some tips there? Because marketers will be coming back from the summer and they will be thinking about this. Well, that's really funny. I actually tweeted yesterday. I saw the first Christmas ad from Fortnum and Mason. So in fairness to them, they, they were advertising their advent calendar. So in all fairness, that you know, that's a, a gift for December 1st. But you know, we are in August and I couldn't quite believe that I was I was seeing that. For me, that's that's probably a little early, but you know, a, a lot of the time it depends on, you know, stock, um, stock on, you know, creative, how um, ahead of time brands tend to be. But if we take, you know, Q4 and, and specifically November, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas sales, you know, some of the e-commerce brands, 40% of their yearly revenue comes in those two months. And um, you really, really need to maximize that, that kind of key period. So um, planning way ahead of time is, is really important. But if you take, you know, let's just say Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we've, for a lot of brands, really tried to turn that into Cyber Month. Instead of just having a really short window, certainly based on the budgets that they want to spend, again, you know, 40% of their yearly budgets end up being in in sort of November um, to sort of December 15th as well. So it's not even two months. Um, and the more time that you allow ads to optimize gives you a little bit more flexibility rather than, you know, setting campaigns with crazy high budgets in a really constrained time period it's a real risk or reward strategy so trying to you know reduce friction reduce risk by having a slightly long, longer sales period is one of the ways that that we've kind of tried to kind of combat that but, but you know at the end of the day for november and december you are everyone is vying for the same eyeballs and it's a really competitive time and you need to make sure that you know your audiences your strategies your messaging is bang on because if you miss you miss badly. Indeed, and that's what you try to do. You're getting everything you can out of every user, out of every creative. We do have to get everything we can out of this show, but we do have to go to break. So I'm going to switch gears. We are gonna come back and talk about what to do now. We talked about the seasons, but we're also in a different economic climate as well, making it even a little harder to get the value out of every user, out of every creative. So a lot of great tips. Don't go away, listeners. We'll be right back after the break. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose Clever Tab. 
CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at clevertap.com. That's clevertap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Miami is more than beaches, palm trees, and fun in the sun. It's home every year to the Miami Book Fair, celebrating its 39th year of hosting authors and readers from around the world, November 13th through the 20th. Join us in downtown Miami at the Wolfson campus of Miami Day College. Connect with over 500 authors reading from their books in English, Spanish, French, and Creole, answering questions and signing hard copies. The 2022 edition of the Miami Book Fair welcomes everyone of all ages to come together, meet, and make new friends, exchange ideas, and discover one's next favorite author let's explore discover and learn together featured authors will include award-winning novelists anthony horowitz ben mesrich craig johnson danny shapiro elena shapiro jimmy attenberg poet sandra cisneros and authors writing about the trending topics of the day lisa genova jerry stahl marie brenner mark kurlansky Samantha Cole, Stacey Schiff, Katie Tour, and many others. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFair.com. Follow the fair at Miami Book Fair and join the conversation hashtag MiamiBookFair2022.
Welcome back to Mobile Presence. We have today Tim Hyde, CEO and founder of TWH Media, again, the biggest independent spender in Facebook ads in Europe. And before the break, we were talking about shortcuts, ways to get more mileage out of your UA budget. But of course, hey, we're heading into a bear market. There's no way around it. And it's going to impact everything. How have you seen it so far impacting campaigns in general? And how should marketers be prepared for this? Uh, as they say, winter is coming. Uh, <laughs> there's a uh, Perhaps less, less funding, less UA funding. You know, you can't just spend it on UA anymore. Uh, a lot to prepare for. Give me a top tip. Oh, very good question. I think I'll probably have to answer that in, in sort of two parts. So, you know, from the kind of upper funnel acquisition perspective, it's it's definitely um, more difficult in, in this kind of market. You know, inflation is, is kind of at what an all-time high. You know, the cost of living crisis that we're sort of going through in the UK is really reducing kind of customer spend conversion rates on sites that are definitely going down and you know marketers are having to work harder both on kind of campaign level creative level and making sure that their offers and products are as compelling as possible because it's harder to you know convert those users so absolutely i think all agencies across the border are really feeling that and actually i think it's a case of you know not taking that um basically working harder for it and not just being able to run an ad and assume that you're going to get you know hundreds of users really good cost per install or, or great return on ad spend actually i think everyone is having to yeah squeeze more juice out of creative squeeze more juice out of specific audiences um, and that's certainly in the upper funnel but i think the biggest thing is is also you know as marketers understanding right well we have managed to convert users how can we really start to nurture those people whether it's you know cro tactics whether it's sort of exporting custom lists and upselling again existing customers um in in kind of more succinct and specific audiences there are kind of that post-purchase funnel ways of, of basically yeah sorry to use the phrase again squeezing more juice out of users and that's something that we've had a real focus on this year is you know kind of keeping that um constant communication with um converted users with customers whether it's you know looking at referral mechanics whether it's looking at upsells or additional discounts or bundling or a real focus on kind of rewarding those users that you have been able to acquire because we also understand that yeah ua uh, costs are, are basically higher than ever so cross-sell, upsell, making a bit of a comeback. Um, you tell me a little bit about how you're approaching this, but I'd like to unpack that just slightly and understand the real tactics, the ones that are sort of the simple ones to start with, because of course, without all the user level data, it's a little hard to target specifically. And if they didn't give you, you know, opt in for email, or you don't have their uh, telephone, you know, mobile number, you can't text them. So what are some of the, I would say the, the first steps, because for many marketers, they have been focused on acquisition. And now they're thinking about, okay, I have that customer, how do I get back in touch? What are some of the steps to kick off that relationship to spark that conversation? Oh, I, th I think, again, you know, um, a lot of these answers will always come down to kind of compelling creative and sort of, you know, winning that feed in, in the kind of first three seconds and making sure that you are advertising to a relevant. Let's talk about that frequency, because right there, it's the first three seconds to get their attention. What about that that upsell? How soon after the first purchase or interaction? I mean, when do you come with the next one, I guess, is the question. 
Oh, I think that's that. That depends on vertical, if I'm honest, and, and will probably you know depend on um, the life cycle of the product and also um, the kind of ticket value. So I think if you look at say things like info products, um, I think it, it's so important to kind of get you know past that level of intent and getting some sort of conversion really within sort of 24 hours. So if you think mm -hmm. that a traditional funnel will look like you know video ad to landing page potentially you know a free webinar something like that um to want you know which would be unlocked but via email um let's just look at that as that kind of front stage of a funnel and then post that there would be an email potentially a booking a call or potentially you know some sort of course or, or blueprint um following on as, as kind of more paid products so for, for example, if you've got that kind of lead, you've, you've had someone that, that's watched that webinar, they're in that mind of like, oh, you know, they're, they're looking to improve themselves. They're, you know, they're taking time out of their busy day to obviously watch your content. I think you need to be really quick and, and follow up really, really quickly with, with that, you know, probably CRO and, and kind of email marketing, um, which is important to kind of get them, you know, later down the stages of the funnel. Um, I think, you know, if it's sort of a... Um, you know, a lower average order value. So let's just say it's like a, a token purchase or a, um, you know, an in-app purchase for, 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 you know, a game or a lottery. I think that basically period can be much longer because you don't want to annoy that customer. You want them to enjoy that game. You don't want them to feel like they're, they're getting bombarded by your messaging. So um, yeah, I think it, it depends on, on what vertical, but the most important thing will be you've got to optimize and, and you've got to test and learn. You know, I think basically the, the marketers that, are doing the best are you know measuring things to the nth degree and even if they know that the results aren't 100% accurate what they're tracking at least you know it's inaccurate across all the different stages that they're tracking so you do have some data that indicates right okay if we message someone in the first 24 hours we're getting x percent conversion rate you at least can then make decisions based on data rather than Oh, if I was a user, I'd find that annoying. Well, actually, you might find that users don't find that annoying, um, and I might be completely wrong. So, yeah, making sure that you're analysing the data tends to be a, a really, really important thing with you know upsells and kind of nurture sequences. Let's switch gears for a little bit. Let's talk about hot topic metaverse. Yes. Our friend Meta. <laughs> which I'm hearing so much about, and I do mean a lot. There's uh, so many brands, but you would expect them. They're the big consumer brands, and they're talking about metaverse. They're setting up their places and spaces in there. It's almost a land grab in the metaverse. How do you feel this will affect marketing, and how can marketers prepare for metaverse advertising now? Because it's going to be coming. Not everyone's going to jump into it like a McDonald's, a Taco Bell, uh, you know, the usual suspects, Gucci. But there are a lot of marketers who have to pay attention to that because it's always best to be on top of a trend, not behind it. What's your advice? I, I think, you know, you summarized it there. It's best to be on top of the of, on top of a trend rather than behind it. And I think it's the mitigation of risk, which is why a lot of brands have have jumped on it. I think there's also kind of that cult following of people that are you know super invested into crypto and and web3 projects that are also early adopters and actually have mm -hmm. you know now have more brand equity with some of the brands that have jumped on it just because they're now operating in in what is basically their world and with the metaverse it actually feels like kind of um, their world you know i think my my broad take is yeah web3 is the the next evolution of the internet i think marketing on that certainly in in the early days will be a lot of brand plays a lot of you know 
collaborations, a lot of building trust and brand equity, like we've seen with, you know, um, Nike and an artifact and they're really understanding how to do drops the best way and how to kind of re reward that um, sort of early mover or early, yeah, early community. But I think, you know, there's also a lot of pitfalls for brands. I think, you know, whether it's kind of gas fees or, you know, brands doing things that aren't kind of authentic to them, you know, it's not a case of just you go, you have to go do it. Uh, because you're going to get left behind. I do think that brands need to be strategic with how they're operating, how they're communicating with that community, what platforms are they communicating with their, that community on. Um, and so, you know, it's not as simple as, oh, just jump into Web3, launch an NFT project or, you know, buy some land on, um, you know, what one of these kind of platforms. I think the metaverse is, is definitely going to be here to stay, but I do also see it as like a, a slow um, sort of evolution. And, you know, I think it, it's interesting to see case studies of brands that are doing well and, you know, just kind of saving that away of like, oh, what did I like about that project? What did I like about that marketing strategy? Um, and basically making sure that, you know, if you are looking to roll something out, that it, it still links back to your brand or your products. You know, I think doing something for the sake of it, certainly this, you know, more crypto, more, you know, technology-based community will see right through. So, you know, although, you know, we said at the start, you don't want to be left behind. I also think that you, if you miss, um, actually, that will have a, a real damaging effect to your brand. Mm. Couldn't agree more. What about yourself or your client saying, hey, come on, Tim, I want to do something in the metaverse, maybe just to satisfy my CEO or my CMO, what's it looking like there? What's the pressure on you to be amazing in the metaverse? <laughs> I mean, yes and no, actually. I think um, LA-based clients, there definitely seems like there's a real hub of, you know, whether it's kind of unlockables mm -hmm. or, or tokenization of products out there, that that, that seems to kind of be the, the most um, forward-thinking kind of clients. Um, certainly from like a fashion perspective, they're thinking of how can we, you know, ha had free tokens with drops or, can you also, if you buy this product, what do, what do you unlock? And I thought I thought that was that was pretty interesting. I suppose from a UK perspective, I think people are, are really starting to look at it from a brand perspective rather than you know obviously a performance perspective. And what can they do to start slowly building something, or what what would actually be you know a specific NFT drop, or what would those unlockables help with? Um, actually, you know, one of the cool case studies um, I saw and, and it kind of came from a podcast was Mark Cuban, who is um, the, the owner of the, the Dallas Mavericks. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, he, he's not doing this just to make money. He's doing this to reward the community. And what I thought was really cool and, and a great use of the technology was that they were giving fans um, sort of free tokens that they can then trade um, if they came to the game early, you know, based on, you know, every time they went to a, a game and scanned their ticket, their, their wallet would would then be airdropped a, a specific token and they can go on and sell. Now, the reason I thought that was interesting, because he didn't want his fans or, or their fans, you know, hating the, the Mavericks and hating him when the market peaks up and down. You know, he, he's not doing it for that. He's not, you know, it's not a, a pump and dump scheme. And I thought that was a really lovely way of, of looking at you know nfts and, and tokenization of rewarding fans and, and letting them you know if they want to go and buy and sell them but the actual acquisition was free because you completely remove sort of the downside of, of you know the crypto market which is you know you can lose a lot of money and, and i thought that was a really nice way of, of kind of incentivizing people to get to games and bringing the energy in the arena but also um, you know a great way of kind of using the technology so yeah i thought that was a, a cool one no, you think about that. You're absolutely right because you're you're rewarding 
Um, but your reward is also that when they get there to the game, you know, it all kicks in that whole sort of aftermarket of engagement and merchandising and all of it. So it's actually a uh, smart move, smart move for him. He's Speaking a smart of man. Smart moves, he's a smart man. Indeed he is. I mean, let's face it. If it's going to be something on the edge, it's going to be him and the cutting edge. But we're talking about what changes in business. We have metaverse. We have an economic climate that isn't going to be an easy one either going to require a lot of imagination creativity and we went over that and thankfully tim you're a sharing man and you've given us some top tips to go away with around video around frequency around length what's going to stay the same for marketers oh i mean this might sound like a lazy answer but you know i think old school marketing principles will always hold true you know i think so much research has been done by marketers and actually i've just been operating in, in a new landscape like i would be in the in the metaverse so obviously understanding how to really evoke emotion in users is, is always going to be important understanding how you can actually build a brand and build those multiple touch points with uh, a kind of key consumer it is always going to be important and actually at the end of the day having a, a great product whether that's based on repeat like repeat purchase or you know referral because you want to share you know that great product experience and that great buying experience with someone all those kind of key core marketing principles i think are going to st stay true for a long time it's just the the landscape and the technology that we use to kind of basically market to consumers are, are the ones that are changing um i think you know one of the things that is also going to be interesting is how affordable are these platforms going to be you know moving forward you know actually is something like tiktok going to help stabilize the kind of cpm sort of fluctuations because they still you know they still are a, a much cheaper advertising in platform to, to market on facebook has this you know dominance that because you know people are hooked on that drug and, and need that you know need those ua numbers to keep the the vc funds happy that you know so the lifeblood of so many e-commerce businesses is the revenue that can be derived by facebook actually are there you know more platforms coming into the space going to help even out the market I, I don't know but i also see facebook being you know you know serious players for for a long time to come and i don't think facebook marketing is going anywhere but it is getting tougher and tougher and you you have to test more your creative has to be more compelling you know you're vying for almost less eyeballs um and against more brands you know it's getting more competitive it's not just you know brands within your sector you're comp competing against it's it's practically all of them now so um you know marketers are going to have to stay agile and really understand what you know what moves the needle when it comes to great creative great messaging and a, and a great customer experience then let's end on precisely that note tim let's boil the waters a little I'm going to make you go out on a branch here with a couple, not predictions exactly, but make a call here. Players, platforms, you know, Apple is in ads big time. I knew it was coming. I talked about TikTok. So platforms, whatever you want to zero in on here, who do you pick and why? Winners and losers in this climate. Oh, um, oh, I mean, TikTok definitely seem from a sentiment perspective, they're winning at the moment. I think you know the people that have done the deep dive into one the algorithm and where that data is saved and going uh it, it's not pleasant reading um especially if you're, you're you're american based on you know that relationship with with you know communism <laughs> and, and china um but you know public sentiment at the moment people are, are loving TikTok. people are spending more the relationship with advertisers TikTok's done a much better job of 
rewarding advertisers and brands that have spent on that platform. Um, I think, you know, Apple, um, are, yeah, they've been bringing out something for a while, you know, then they had a record year for their advertising spend. And, and obviously that's predominantly on kind of, you know, App Store at the moment. But, I, I, you know, I've, I've said for probably 18 months that they are going to bring out a more broad advertising platform to, to take out a chunk out of this, what, trillion dollar market. Um, and I think that's probably going to be the most exciting thing, um, you know, for me as a marketer, as it's been cool to test out the the pros and cons with TikTok. Um, so yeah, I think Apple are going to be a real big winner um, when they enter a market. They they normally get things right, not also necessarily morally, but they they do tend to get there in the end. So I think they'll be a big winner. Um, I think TikTok are winning at the moment, but have serious downside. And although the sentiment on Facebook is is really negative, both in the press and from advertisers that, you know, they are still a real essential channel for so many businesses. And I think they are trying at least to combat all the pain that's come with iOS 14. Um, mm. So yeah, I think, you know, I think they're trying, but the, the challenge is significant and that, that doesn't happen overnight. So yeah, it was probably a very political and safe answer, but um, yeah. But you it, know, had I think a, it had an element of being very straightforward. I could hear and read and listen between the lines and that's always enjoyable to have you. Share what you know and what you do daily. Um, last quick question for you, because I'm just curious, because marketers ask me this as well, and it's like, you know, there's so much to watch, so much to do. What's your like daily routine look like to stay on top of this? Ooh, very good question. Um, daily routine in sort of, you know, how I consume information or daily routine is as what my what does my working day look like? A little bit of both, because consuming that information, that data diet, as you will, that starts your day is pretty intense. It is indeed. So I think one of the things um, that's been really helpful to me is, is the kind of direct to consumer community on Twitter. It's, you know, building relationships with people over the years that are heavy hitters in, in my space, you know, other agency owners, agencies that I'm white labeled by and having that kind of full spectrum across lots of really smart people and constantly checking in to see what they're thinking. So, you know, the ability to be able to do that on Twitter, the, the ability to do that on closed channels like WhatsApp and Discords and, and a couple of Slack channels of, you know, what are you seeing? You know, for example, over the last week, we saw that Facebook was spending, spending sort of 70% of budgets before 10 a.m. Why that was, we still don't know, but that was a trend that we were seeing across multiple ad accounts and also allows you to feel a little safer in yourself that, you know, this isn't something that I've done wrong. It's, a, you know, a platform issue and and those things really help. Um, I think, you know, I'm a huge fan of podcast. I think consuming, you know, information from, from people in, in that medium, whether, you know, you're in the gym, on a walk, on your commute, that is is something that, yeah, that, that data diet, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of, of lots of different podcasts. And, and I think, you know, a, you know, Google alerts might sound really basic, but Certainly when there's there's kind of platform updates, I'm I'm a big fan of those. So yeah, that's that's kind of my my day to diet is is really speaking to people, staying up, you know, up to date on, on Twitter and then if there's any specific terms, having a couple of alerts on those and, and getting that getting my information that way. And yeah, again, on that a couple of newsletters that I'm subscribed to to yeah, always try and stay ahead of the curve, but sometimes fail miserably. Well, you've got a really interesting routine and you said yourself, you get connected and stay connected with people in your industry. Great segue because I wanna know how our listeners can do the same. 
Oh, um, if, if anyone would love some advice, you know, um, reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, Tim Woolhide on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, if I can help anyone out or even, you know, push someone in the right direction, always willing to, to jump on a quick call or exchange a couple of messages. So yeah, feel free to, to reach out and thank you for listening to the end. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing, Tim. And it was lovely to have you. And I have to say, now you're coming back. We're going to have you back in Q4. We're going to talk about the outstanding seasonal campaigns, some of the hits, some of the misses. But until then, we'll let you go for a little while, as I said, bringing you back for an encore. And everyone else, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening in. If you want to keep up with me throughout the week, find out more about how you can be a guest on Mobile Presence, you can email me, Peggy, Peggy Groove.com is where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. Of course, DM me on social. I'm there, as is everyone. And you can also check out video because if that's what the way you want to consume it it's there for you as well it's powered by the groove on youtube you can check out of course all earlier episodes of the show by going to wmr.fm or find our shows on amazon itunes stitcher spreaker spotify iHeartRadio, the works simply by searching mobile presence so until next time remember every minute is mobile so make every minute count keep well and we'll see you soon The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.